the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, everyone, Dennis Prager here. It's an interesting question to me. Who's watching the Democratic Convention? If you can call it a convention. I don't have the answer. When I say interesting question, I mean it as a question. Do you have any idea? Are the numbers low? Do we have any idea what the numbers are? I mean, obviously, they'll be lower than last year. I mean, there's no convention taking place. People don't like talking heads. I assume the same thing will happen to the Republican convention, although that'll be very interesting, won't it? Will people, the same number, fewer or more, watch the Republicans? The lockdown is a catastrophe. Unwarranted. I don't know. Uh, I, I can't get the article I read to you, my my listeners, yesterday by the man who's leaving New York City and who loves New York City and just believes, you know, this is not, this is the first time he, he truly believes it won't come back, at least not in the foreseeable future. When they knock the economy the dishonesty is so deep that it's actually uh, it actually upsets me. <laughs> I, my normal resilience does does not somehow work one hundred percent when I hear Democrats attack the president on the economy. They who are the chief proponents of lockdown. The lockdown killed the economy. The president had the most booming economy on record. If an American asked the question, which party, which candidate is more likely to restart the economy, why would they answer Joe Biden and the Democrats? Do you, do you have an answer to that? Uh, maybe So maybe the question is just not posed by Democrats. Vote for Joe Biden and the Democrats. They will give you a booming economy. If you consider a booming economy, one in which the government takes over more of the economy, you'll have a booming government apparatus. Of Of all the speeches yesterday, which do you think caused me the greatest uh, contempt, which aroused the greatest. Would you like to take a guess, Living Martyr? Uh, I didn't hear Schumer. Uh, You might be right. It was Bill Clinton of those I heard. Um, First of all, what is this attack? He watches TV all day. That was a new one. Did Did you hear that? He watches television all day? 
strikes me as incredibly hardworking. You may not like the work he does, but I, I, I don't, I never heard, that's a new charge. He watches TV all day. The amount that he's accomplished, given that he watches TV all day, is actually sort of an advertisement for watching TV. Man, if I could get that much done watching TV, I might start watching TV. <laughs> why did you? Uh, why, why? Why did Chuck Schumer's talk? Uh, it, it, was it all ad hominem against the? Do you know what? I want to. I want to ask you a question. Did Chuck Schumer refer to the president as President Trump or Trump? You don't remember? It struck me that Bernie Sanders never said President Trump or Mr. Trump, only Trump. I have to believe that that's a first in a major speech at a convention to refer to a sitting president only by his last name. That that struck me. Who's going to revive this economy? We have gone from let's not overwhelm our hospitals to flatten the curve. Do you realize we're in mid-August? The lockdown began in February. It's half a year. I would never. We were thinking we're going to take our cruise in June. We we kept thinking, okay, it's March, so we have three months. Things things you know. Here's here's. I'm sorry, and then September. That's right. We had a September cruise. I just I, I mentioned this on the air that I, I had a speech in Florida in Naples in January. They canceled it. They don't think they'll be having speeches in January, so it'll be a year. How, how exactly does a society survive being closed down for a year? It seems Sweden seems to be the the proof of this. It seems that the virus, un, unless you have a totalitarian quarantine. But I don't know how that ends because, you know, so long as a few people get it and you, and you also lock your borders. I mean, you understand the, dr- the draconian elements you have to take. So unless you do that, the virus will, uh, will spread. The virus spreads. The way to end it is to have enough people to create herd immunity, which now... Epidemiologists, a term I don't say with uh, all that much respect, uh, but that's the people that are referred to in these matters, uh, say that the her- herd immunity may be achieved at a lower percentage of the population having had the virus than originally thought. They thought of what originally something like 80%, and now it's, it's something like 50% or even less. Kids get it at school, you close it down. There are any of the kids being hospitalized, any, God forbid, dying? That, that doesn't, doesn't enter the equation. It, it literally doesn't enter the equation. Did they get it? 
Well, as I've said to you on many occasions, there is a silver lining. Maybe parents will start teaching their kids outside of the normal school parameters. And maybe you will also hear what teachers are telling your children because you will be able to see what happens on Zoom or even record it. Teachers are very unhappy about that. Now, why would they be? Because they have a feeling that if parents knew the indoctrination and the robbing of innocence of little children taking place in so many schools, parents might rethink sending their kids there or take the issue up with the school. And so it is, ladies and gentlemen, one eight Prager seven seven six. An agreement between an Arab country and Israel, a peace agreement, thanks largely to Donald Trump, and it is as if it didn't happen. It is covered for a day. Can you imagine if this had happened under a Democratic president? This would be one of the top stories in the world. One of the reasons it will be so dismaying if the Democrats win is that it will show that if you do have wall-to-wall media support, that that's pretty much all you need. You don't have to do good. I hope the Republicans show rioting films. This is, I think about it a lot. What would be an effective campaign device? Show rioters destroying, hurting policemen, and then show the responses of every Democratic mayor in the cities in which those, those things took place. We will not prosecute. We will defund the police. Play that over and over. You're not voting for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a stick figure. I'm not certain he fully exists. But it doesn't matter if he exists. He's on the ballot. You're voting for the Democratic Party the most left-wing party in American history. Nothing close. That's what has to be made clear. The issue is not Donald Trump's temperament. It is the Democrats' nihilism. 1-8 Prager 776. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. Yes, indeed, y'all. Dennis Prager here. All right, are we ready with the the Jill Biden uh, quote? I I, I don't pick on uh, 
on the the spouses of candidates. And I'm not picking on her. But I, I want you to hear something that makes you wonder the perception of reality that that the imperception of reality that what she said reveals is a little scary. Go ahead, please. We found that love holds a family together. That's fine. Love makes us flexible and resilient. It allows us to become more than ourselves together. And though it can't protect us from the sorrows of life, it gives us refuge, a home. How do you make a broken family whole? The same way you make a nation whole. What does with that mean? love and understanding and with small acts of kindness, with bravery with unwavering faith. No, no, no. The, the key line is coming up. Oh, my God. It's like stopping the movie at, at the end of a mystery. What happened? There are those who want to tell us that our country is hopelessly divided, that our differences are irreconcilable. But that's not what I've seen over these last few months. Really? We're coming together and holding on to each other. We're finding mercy and grace in the moments we might have once taken for granted. We're seeing that our differences are precious and our similarities infinite. Okay. I'm sorry, folks. I I had no desire to play Mrs. Biden. I don't want to pick on her. To call what she just said nonsense is to elevate it. There are those who want to tell us that our country is hopelessly divided, that our differences are irreconcilable, but that's not what I've seen over these months. Is she kidding? When people say things that are patently false, I mean, just false to anyone with a, with a, a modicum of perception of reality, how do you explain it? I mean, I assume it was written for her, and then she edited it, but who believes that? (laughs) It's not what I've seen over these months. Rioting in major cities, spectacular rise in murder. But that's not what I've seen over these last few months. Right. We're coming together and holding on to each other. We're seeing well, that our differences the, are precious. Th- yes. Oh, that's that's a that's a, that's the other line. Our differences are precious. What does that mean? And our similarities infinite. Our similarities. We there are no similarities, Mrs. Biden. I'm sorry. the The difference between left and right is irreconcilable. We have completely different perceptions of America. We have completely different perceptions of the founders of America. We have completely different perceptions of whether America should be improved or transformed. We have completely different perceptions of government. 
We have nothing in common, Mrs. Biden. Wake That's up. That's not what I've seen over these last okay, few months. Okay, all right, it's enough. It's okay. We got the point. Thank you. Maybe we could play that again later in the show, and I think we will. I mean, people hear that. I want to. I want to understand: Is my fellow American deluded? That's not what I've seen over these past months. <laughs> There's been more I- I- intra-America or inter-American attention than at any time. I mean, there were demonstrations during Vietnam, and and there were there were riots after the Rodney King. The beating and and yes, but on the national level, were, were the differences reconcilable on on Brett Kavanaugh? They, 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 these things don't happen. They happen, and then they never happened. One of the most decent men in public life. Was was made a mockery by the left. He he lined up in a rape line at Yale. That was actually seriously endorsed by Democrats. They promoted gigantic lies about a man so that he wouldn't be seated on the Supreme Court. For two years, they took up the country's attention with a gigantic lie about Russian collusion with the, with the Trump campaign. But no, our differences are precious. I mean, I, I understand that a first lady is going to talk about love. In my list of false gods, in my Bible commentary, I list love as one of them. A false god is something good. Love is is certainly good. But that is raised above good and evil. That it it becomes an end in itself. Violating the principle, for example, also in the Bible, those who love God must hate evil. Did you happen to hear her say this? Did, did, Did this resonate with you? I mean, did it resonate as, as neftigent? It did, yeah. On my, on my Facebook dialogue, uh, hour, live hour, taking questions from young people around the world, somebody asked me if I had any other words other than neftigent. The Dennis Prager Show. Okay, everybody, Dennis Prager here, and one of those people who is in the realm of needs no introduction will get one anyway, for those of you uh, who are not fully acquainted with Candace Owens, which is a very small percentage of my audience, I suspect. She's host of the Candace Owens podcast at PragerU. She is founder of the Blexit, Black Exit, that is from the Democratic Party movement, and she has a new book coming out next month, titled Blackout. Candace Owens, good to talk to you. It's been too long, my friend. That is correct. I agree with that. I'm curious, because uh, I know you, and I think a lot of people feel they know you, and I think they're right. Uh, 
how have you emotionally reacted to these last six months? Um, you know, I would say it's equal parts disappointing and frustrating um, because, I mean, especially, obviously, Prager University and you, Dennis, you, you know my story. You know, I've been the last three years on the ground fighting um, to wake up black Americans to realize that we are political pawns to the left. And um, that's, that's been my story. That's been, you know, my narrative, talking about how during an election season, you will see the black American race at the forefront of issues suddenly politicized widely with protests and Black Lives Matter are really at the root of it all. And to see, you know, so easily without asking any questions, so many black Americans fall for this trap, the rioting, the looting, um, once again, allowing ourselves to be used as really a theme uh, to turn black people into single-issue voters, it's disappointing. Um, and what I get frustrated about is not just what the left is doing, but also how the right is responding to it, meaning that we have to get better at fighting. And I, I really deeply believe um, that until we stand up and say what we know to be true, you know, case in point, I was the first person who spoke out against the George Floyd narrative. People were scared to touch it or scared to discuss anything about who this person was, the fact that he was high on fentanyl, uh, because it just seemed that it was the wrong thing to do. Well, no, it was the right thing to do. We cannot allow everything to be racialized. We cannot allow the left to dominate a narrative that we know not to be true. We can't allow people to believe that every time a black American dies, it's because they are black, right? Um, and absolve responsibility from the actions that black Americans take that get themselves into certain situations. But when a white person dies, at the hands of the black person has nothing to do with race, according to the media. Um, so, yeah, you know, I would just say equal parts frustrating and disappointing. Wow. That was powerful. That uh, I, I just did yesterday, did my fireside chat on the subject of, of colorblind, that the great liberal and Martin Luther King ideal of colorblind, of, that obviously we see a person's the skin color we see a person's as i pointed out if you look at me you see glasses but people are glasses blind even if they see glasses because it doesn't matter why would skin color matter that's what color blind means and now that is considered racist that's correct it is considered racist and 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 what's so interesting about it is that people don't even realize um, that they themselves are racist and they automatically apply race to every situation. Nowadays, I mean, case in point, if I'm driving down the road, and we all go through this, yesterday, you know, a woman honked at us and, and was super rude to us. And in five seconds, I'm like ready to scream at this woman. Before I even saw what race she was, she happened to be white, right? And then she turned around and she gave me the middle finger, right? I happened to be black. So that correspondence on the road, did she give me the finger because I was black? You know, was I yelling at her because she was white or can black people and white people go through situations and have situations arise between them that are not comfortable, right? And have it not be because of race, but because we're human beings and human beings go through conflicts with one another and it has nothing to do with race. There was nothing in the George Floyd tape that indicated that what happened to him happened to him because he was black, right? There was no indication that he was not referred to in a derogatory term. There was no racial slurs used. Now, that's absent judgment of whether or not the circumstance should have ended the way it did, but did it have anything to do with race? And why do we automatically assume it is if there's a white person and a black person involved? 
And, and, and to me, it's because people have a low emotional IQ um, when it comes to dealing with the media and the press and how they, court, how, they, how they take in news, right? They don't know how to read things objectively because things are not being presented objectively. I do a test, and it's, it's fascinating. You should do this test every day. Read the news and see when race is mentioned and when it's not mentioned. Mm-hmm. When that young five-year-old boy got shot by a black neighbor, no one mentioned race in the, in the news. Mm. It was young, you know, it was, it was young. It's his name, Cannon Hinnant, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong there, uh, was shot by his neighbor. The second, you, 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 in, in, there's different races and the victim is a black American and the perpetrator is white. And it's all about Every race. Every headline mentions the race. Right, all right, hold on there. Candace Owens who has a, a terrific podcast, incredibly popular at PragerU, and a book coming out next month. And she's leading Blexit. i got a big question for her about the police when we come back. Is there any website, is there any podcast on the left that has a psychiatrist, psychologist, or, or anybody giving a course on how to be mature? Is there one in the entire universe of the left? The answer is no, and there's a reason. Back to Candace Owens, whose first name has become The, The Candace Owens. And uh, she is leading Blexit, a black exit from the Democratic Party, and she does a podcast for uh, Prager University. So here's a question. Every poll I see, and... You tell me if you think it's accurate. The vast majority of blacks in the inner city, I'm not talking about blacks in you know, upscale areas, oppose the defunding of police. They want more police. First of all, do you agree that those polls are accurate? I do agree that those polls are accurate. Okay. Then the question is, why, given the importance of safety... I mean, real safety. Given that importance, why is that not a way to get blacks in the in, in, in large numbers to rethink support of the Democrats who want to defund police? Oh, the thing is, is that I, I actually do believe that blacks in large number are rethinking their support of the Democratic Party right now. Um, I fully believe that. And I think... Um, they've overplayed their hand, the left has overplayed their hand, and these black communities that have already been struggling economically um, under democratic rule have already been suffering from crime or watching those crimes surge. And, and they're aware now of which politicians are pushing uh, to defund the police. There was a black group in New York City um, who have come forward and demanded that they refund um, one of the departments in their police department that had been disbanded because of Black Lives Matter protesting after a week in which crime went up 200, shootings went up 267% from the year prior. I mean, they're, they're actually seeing what's taking place in their neighborhoods. Um, and, and they understand this is political, and I think people are, are discounting um, how many black Americans are waking up to this narrative. Now, the polls, you know, in my personal opinion, I don't believe that people tell the truth when they get a phone call uh, and they're asked how they're voting. I've actually never been told or asked how I'm voting, so I'm not sure how reliable or what methodology is used in general. But I can say that on the ground and what we've seen at Blexit in terms of growing our chapters has been incredible um, over these last four months of, of, of you know, uh, just left, left this burning and moving down black American communities. 
So I, I don't think this is good for the left. As stressful as it is for us and as frustrating as it is for us to watch this uh, socialism manifest, I do also think that there is there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Um, and we're going to see that light in November. I think we're gonna, there's going to be a lot of, of shock races and shock, shock, shock race results throughout the entire country, especially, Dennis, I would say, in California. What is your sense of the perception of Kamala Harris? Is she seen as a, a fellow black American who represents America's blacks? <laughs> no. The black community does not like Kamala Harris. And they made that apparent in their response for her when she was running as a presidential candidate. You know, this is a woman who has a horrible track record, um, as does the man that she's supporting when it comes to crime uh, and, and locking up black men. They made that apparent and they made that clear uh, when they did not come for her. They did not come out for Kamala Harris in scores when she was running for president. I mean, I don't think any of us uh, can disregard the truth here. She's entirely more competent than Joe Biden. So it's interesting that she's running under him. Right. And. Uh, neither of them is well-liked by the black community, despite people trying to make and convince us that they are. Uh, you know, people aren't quick to forget, especially in a year in which at the forefront is Black Lives Matter, police brutality, that you're going to put somebody who locked up a lot of black men uh, when she had the power to free them. Uh, so I don't think they played their hand right. I think this was a huge win for conservatives. Uh, Joe Biden picking Kamala Harris is a huge win for conservatives. And aside from that, she just isn't African-American. Her family is not from Africa. Uh, so, uh, you know, when she was running and campaigning in the Congress, she ran strongly as the first Indian American to make it to Senate, hmm. uh, attended the Indi- Indian American uh, con- congressional uh, ceremony. At- Joe Biden swore her in. And now we're going to hear her all the way until November play the I'm a black woman card. You know, it's, it's disingenuous. And I think that people are aware of that. I have some premonitions when I ask uh, people questions. As anyone who interviews is, when you interviewed me, I'm sure you had some assumption of my answer. On this one, I don't, I don't have any assumption. Does the fact that she is married to a, a white uh, man, does that figure in many blacks' thinking? I think it depends. Now, I would say for black Americans on the left, it does. Right. So you've taken this narrative uh, that we've seen play out over the last two years of evil white men. I find it fascinating that the people that push that narrative the hardest all happen to be married to white men. We're talking Kamala Harris. Um, AOC is dating, you know, a, a white guy with red hair. Ilhan Omar just married a white male. It's interesting that they're so convinced, you know, they, they get out there every day and they stump on this issue of how unjust white men are and how, 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 uh, irrevocably harmful they are to our society, and yet you look at their homes and their lifestyles, and they are all coincidentally married to white men. Um, and I think that that makes them disingenuous. Now, if you're coming onto the conservative side, where we believe that you should love who you love, that things shouldn't be racialized, that we should judge people based on their character and not their skin color, I don't think it factors as much, you know, because that's... No, it doesn't mean it a should, thing it to us. Never, it's irrelevant. It should never. Right. right. It should never mean anything, because you should love someone based on who they are. And, and that is what, that's what we believe at our core. We don't believe that people deserve special benefits for their skin color or special deductions because of their skin color. The left is going to have trouble with that because if you ever look at their track record of speeches on race, you know, they do believe that there's something fundamentally wrong with white men and their role in society. So I think she will be, you know, she will find some issues with that going forward. I wonder how visible he will be uh, in this campaign. 
Not at all. Uh, there is a book <laughs> called The Invisible <laughs> Man. He will, he will qualify. <laughs> not at all is the answer to your question. Uh, because that, that, and that's what they do. They, they keep their personal lives as private as they possibly can uh, because it, it, it runs uh, in direct contradiction to everything that they say. Yes, they exactly. All right, hold on, Candace. One final segment with you. The Dennis Prager Show. Okay, the final couple of minutes here with Candace Owens. One of the best-known people in America on the major issues of our day, and for good reason. So, Candace, your podcast is with PragerU. This is fundraising month for PragerU, so I'll put you on the spot and ask you to make the case for people to contribute. I'm going to do that. Um, listen, you guys know I've been with PragerU now for two years, um, and I mentioned in the first segment here that the most important thing is for the right and for conservatives to start fighting for, for values and belief systems that we know work. Uh, there is no greater organization that has done that. And when I say has done that, I mean through the thick and the fire of what you have seen me go through over these last two years as the left has tried to take me out. Accusations, uh, you know, that I'm a radical, that I support Adolf Hitler, all of the crazy things that they say. PragerU has never wavered, not once, in their support for me. Through every single headline that you have seen. These are the people that we need to support. These are the organizations that we need to get behind. This is why I believe in PragerU. This is why I put my podcast on PragerU. Because I know that in the times that we are living in, we need true heroes and true fighters and brave souls. And that is the entire group of people and the amazing people that I get to work with at PragerU every single day. If you have your wallet with you, please, right now, make a donation. Go to PragerU.com. And I hope you guys are all supporting and watching my show. Dennis, it has been an absolute blessing to work with your organization. It really has been. Well, the, the blessing is mutual. Thank you, Candace. And uh, just uh, as the Hebrew prayer goes, go from strength to strength. Thank you so much. God bless, and you guys have a great day. Thank you. Yep. Take out your wallets. That's it. It's almost anachronistic at this time. Well, actually, it does because there's a credit card in there, probably. Folks, we're fighting for this country. The country, uh, a good portion of this country does not want it to survive as the United States of America. They want, they acknowledge, fundamentally transform it. If we don't win minds, we lose everything. PragerU.com, 833-PRAGERU. Whatever you can give is deeply appreciated. And we don't even know how long we will be on all of the platforms. So subscribe. At the very least, please subscribe to PragerU so you can watch our stuff directly and not have to go through other media. Well, my friends, this is, a, this is an amazing time that we are living in. I have said that the lockdown from the from within a week, I said I didn't think that I thought the price of the lockdown was worse than the disease. Half a year later, we're still doing it.
Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take Relief Factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain in your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day. And after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95. And you should know this, about 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three week quick start that's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384 800-500-8384